My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Stronger Revolution. I'm Matthew Becker here this month with the Athlete of the Month for October 2021, and he is... Brandon Moore. Hey, Brandon. Hi, Matthew. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks. It's a Wednesday afternoon at 2.30, right in the middle of your day. I appreciate you coming over. Yes. No, this was a nice break in the action. Break it in. In, in, your, in your high-paced, super stressful job, right? <laughs> so stressful. <laughs> and you brought me coffee. I did. First athlete of the month ever, I believe. I know. I, and I wanted to make sure I put that on there to kind of plant the seed. Okay. Wink, wink, nod, nod to future athletes of the month. <laughs> this is a very good way to get on my good side. Love it. Although, if I'm wide awake tonight at, uh, at like 10 o'clock, I'll be cursing your name. Call me, text me, make my phone buzz, whatever. Cursing your name. Keep me awake. Uh, anyway, you came over from downtown. I did. You work in a big, high-powered office. It's not a big office, but we'll consider it high-powered, yeah. How many attorneys are in the office? Only three. Three, okay. Yes. So, can you mention your office's name on, on the podcast? Yes, I work for an insurance broker called Henderson Brothers. Okay. Now, I've never heard of Henderson Brothers. So, if I go through State Farm, is it my guy a broker? He's a real estate agent. Oh, no, insurance agent. Or insurance agent. Yeah, insurance agent, yes. So we're, uh, we do help people buy insurance from a place like State Farm or Liberty Mutual or any other well, number of insurance companies. Uh, we do a lot of commercial insurance, so we help people structure their risk management program. And we also do have personal lines clients uh, for those that want to pay for a broker. And then we help you when you have a claim, we'll handle that process for you, submitting it to your insurance company and managing the adjuster and just being your advocate on, uh, on your behalf when things do come up. Okay. Okay. I think I'm with you. Okay. I've never really got the whole insurance, but as I, okay, so maybe I can put it this way. I wanted to look into employee insurance once recently. Okay. I went out and started looking online at like various policies and my head exploded. Yes. I would call you, maybe not for health insurance, maybe for health insurance, but... We do that as well. But you're yes. going to narrow it down for me. Yes, we'll put out the, the request for a quote to our insurance company partners, and yes. they'll send us a bunch back. We'll analyze them for you, tell you the differences based on the premium, and then help you pick whichever one fits your business best. Okay, so that's the difference between a broker and an insurance agent. Yes. All right, so what do you do for the insurance broker? So I'm an attorney in their claims department, I know. Fellow Uh, attorney. (laughs) And I get involved typically because on some instances you may have heard insurance companies don't always pay your claims. What? So if that happens, (laughs) 
I typically get involved on your behalf to make sure that they're not just trying to pull a fast one or trying to use a gray area to their advantage. We try to work it to your advantage. So I'll communicate with them and, and do the research on the insurance coverage side of things and, mm-hmm. and try to find some coverage uh, if there is any available. As an attorney, right, you're doing this, but not as a privately uh, hired attorney. Correct. So I, I do not represent our clients, but based on my prior work history where I did do work uh, for a law firm at one point in time, and then also on the insurance company side, I understand how that process works, and I can draft the coverage correspondence to make the arguments to the insurance companies. Uh, if it doesn't work, then our advice to them is go hire an attorney. But okay. we're the first line of defense uh, as your okay. broker to try to save you some money. Um, and in many cases, that works. So, Because I was going to say, when I was practicing more and I would do plaintiff's work, a guy would call me, let's just say Michael. I don't know. Let's just use his name. Sure. He would call me and say, I got in a car accident. And I'd be like, great. Okay, wonderful. I'd start sending demand letters over to the insurance company to start paying out for the car accident. Um, and I was going to ask, how are you different than what I would do as a plaintiff's attorney? And what you're telling me is you would do all that stuff, but you might not be taken seriously. And so they'd kick them to me because I'm going to litigate and sue their pants off if they don't settle. So we're on the, we're typically on the receiving end of that. So if our company, say our employee or our personal lines client is the one that struck you, Mr. Plaintiff, and you, we got your letter we would then talk to, if your insurance company didn't want to pay that, we would communicate with your insurance company to tell them why they should and just make sure everything was going the way that it should. Got it. So we're on the defense side of things, typically. Okay. Okay. Do you draft those nasty, big, long insurance policies? No, but I do read them <laughs> daily. And I kill a lot of trees putting them out in the process. But yes, uh, I do read them. And occasionally we'll draft a... A manuscript endorsement, something specific to a particular client, but generally just read them. Oh God! So, are you an esquire? I am. You are. So, and and, and let's let's just be clear to those listening that have we basically lost in conversation now. Of, there's a difference between somebody who graduates law school and somebody who practices law. There is, yes, yes. So. And the difference is someone who. Take an extra test. Took an extra test <laughs> and was admitted and paid a lot of money and has to take extra classes to be admitted to a bar to the bar. Right. Yeah. So when you graduate law school school, you're a juris doctorate. Correct. You know, technically we are doctors. We are doctors, yes. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's always if you fill out those applications where it says they take your demographic stuff at the end and it says your highest level of education, it's like professional doctor or it's the other one, it's practical doctor or something like that and I'm always confused on which one to put yeah I don't um, know we don't really, I, I just pick one each time I so always totally kind of want to be a dick and make people refer to me as doctor which <laughs> <laughs> is just a completely rare thing for I'm me. so getting you a name tag for your door for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> okay anyway let's get away from the things that really you yeah. know, keep us moving here talking about legal stuff alright let's move on to CrossFit okay so that's why we're really here. Yes. So we're here pumping iron on a daily basis, taking shirt off to get to gear number two, baby. Second gear. That's the only gear we can get to. You know, I said that to my wife yesterday, and she had no idea what I was talking about. I think I it was, was pretty clear. I was standing just in the door of my office, and I was like, it's time to go second gear. And I pulled my shirt off. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I don't know. You got to be here at 7.15 in the morning. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like it's pretty clear why. <laughs> I mean, it... it I don't know. Shed the extra weight. Just get yeah. Get the why mindset. else do you take your shirt off mid-workout? I don't know. Well, we're at the beginning of workout. Yeah. I feel like me, but 
Um, How long have you been doing CrossFit? I started, I was thinking about this. Uh, the first CrossFit class I ever went to was in 2013. Oh, I think. you're an OG then. Yeah. You're, you're borderline an OG. Level. Yeah, a little, I mean, not totally original, but yeah, okay. it was, it was early I on. I think I realized it was that long ago. Yeah, it was my first job out of law school. I was working at a law firm and one of the other associates was also a CrossFit coach. And we'd always talk about working out and he's like, I'd heard of CrossFit, but didn't really know much about it. And he said, oh, you should totally come to class with me because he would go late at night and then work out after. And it obviously worked with our schedule since mm -hmm. we were at the office late. And so I said yes. And we went, I sat in on the class and then we did some more stuff after and I was hooked ever since. I signed up and intermittently here and there, a few different CrossFit gyms in New York. This was when I lived in New York and then moved back here. And this is my one and only gym in Pittsburgh. Oh, look at that. You were a runner before that? Am I right? Yes, that's what I did mostly for exercise, Casual, working out. 5Ks? Every, uh, everything. I What's mean, the I longest would, you've ever run? I've run a few marathons. Have about, you? About five or six. Yeah. Uh, five or six? Yeah, over the course. I don't course. think I've ever known anybody. Wait. Probably Debbie Guiled. Yeah, she does the triathlons. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm sure she, she's had to have sure. run a couple of marathons. I'm sure she has. Yeah. A few in her day. Yeah. But I don't know if I've met anybody else who's run five or six. Yeah, I've run a, Oh, and uh, first one was when I graduated from college, and I've spread them out over time. I never ran them. Some of those crazy people, multiple in a year. I'll do one and then wait a couple years and forget how much I hated it, and then yeah, do another one. No kidding. And how much training do you have to do leading up to one? Since I was always in pretty good shape running-wise, because that's what I did, I usually would create my own 12-week running plan that you just find on the internet and just put some miles on a calendar each day, however much I was going to run, and I just followed that plan and would do that, yeah. and that always seemed to work well. That'd be the most miserable part for me. The training Training's the worst. Terrible. Race day, so much fun. Oh, sure. Training's like, the Everybody's worst. out there, and they're like cheering you on. You're like, yeah, you're cheering just for me, even though there's like yeah. 500 <laughs> people with me, but it's just for me. That's it. You feel the adrenaline flow? No, but that's that's what I did beforehand. Have you run any pre since starting CrossFit? Marathons? Yes. Yeah. Um, two, I think. Two, okay. Two full, and then a couple halves. Did you notice that the training was easier or less involved when you were doing CrossFit and then preparing for the marathon? You know, it was kind of the same because I was doing actually less running. I think when I started CrossFit, I was doing probably less running overall. So I did need to get my legs back in quote unquote running shape. Mm -hmm. um, so I still, I, I wouldn't do any more than the 12 week plan, it, but I always, it works just the same. I, I, I certainly felt good. And I, and I do say every, every marathon I've run, I've done a new personal best time, so I've never run one slower than the time before. So to the extent that as I got older, the continuous training helped with that, I would say there was a benefit. Okay. But along those same lines as the distance training uh, for marathons, one of the reasons I had started and kept doing CrossFit was uh, I was starting to get into doing some triathlons a little bit, and I just wanted yeah. to build more overall body strength as I was getting older to help not only with the swimming and the biking core stability, mm -hmm. but also then just to help my body stay stronger and not break down through all the training that so was like going on. So like sprint tries or like Ironman tries? Uh, the goal was to do a full Ironman. Yeah. Uh, that has not happened yet because then we had kids and I can't uh, devote that much time to training. screw it up. Yet, exactly. But <laughs> I did do a, a few Olympic tri distance triathlons. So okay. I've got a little bit more distance in there than a sprint. Um, and, and always felt good, but yeah, I haven't made that full or half Ironman goal yet, but it's still on the list of things to do. So for those who uh, don't follow tries, you've got the sprint try, and then in the middle is the Olympic try, right? Triathlon, yes. and then is the Ironman. So 
Let's talk running. Okay. Because uh, that's probably the most universal language of the people listening to this podcast. A sprint try is a 5K, right? I think it's typically a 5K, although people can tinker with that. If it's a true sprint, I think it's a 5K, though. Okay. Yeah. And a full Ironman is a, a full marathon, 20, 23, 20, 26 miles. 26.2. Yep. Right. What, where's the Olympic fall in there? It's a 10K. Okay. So, yep, 10K. Okay. Uh, so it's about 6.2-ish. Six six, six yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that's not too bad. No. It was the other disciplines that really prompted the training because you bike, I think, 25 miles and then you swim a mile. Or 0.9 miles, but it's yeah, a mile. Um, I have no reference when you tell me about swimming yeah. or biking. I always assume they just coast on the bike, right? <laughs> it's all downhill. <laughs> right, Debbie? Every course. That's all you do. You just pedal a little bit and you coast along a little bit. That's why it's so easy. Drink your water. <laughs> That's in the middle, right? Swim, bike, run. That's why it's in the middle. It is. Just relax for the run. All right. Um, so you came to Pittsburgh. How long? When did you come to Pittsburgh? So I originally am from Pittsburgh. I uh, lived in New York for about 15 years and then moved back to Pittsburgh in 2018. So, what part were you originally from? Uh, just out of Westmoreland County in the Murraysville area. Yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, route 22. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Just take the parkway out to Monroeville. Sure. Head east about five minutes and you're there. All right. Um, and then you left, you went to New York, and you you came back here, you, sorry, I just completely blanked. You said 2018? 2018. 18, okay. Yeah. So we were June 2018, took a few months to, to get situated, just relocating our lives, work, get the kids situated, and uh, started looking for a gym, and then October 2018. This was it. I found, we, we did some texting, I remember talking to you from my office conference room, like I'm, I need to... Was that it? Out. I don't remember that too much. It was September or October. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we had a quick conversation, came for a class that night. I remember Jen was coaching. Yeah. It was an evening class. And then I was like, let's do this. Back when we used to let people just drop into classes. Yeah. And yeah, there was no cap. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think there was a cap, but I think it was like 14 oh. or, or 16 people at that time. Yeah. We never really. I, I feel like you didn't really get blocked out. I don't even think. What time? What time did you come? Probably 530. 5.30 in 2018, yeah, probably wasn't capping, but that yeah. was, the, it would have eventually. Yeah. I think you came to 6.30 a lot for a while. I did. When I think I started coming, once I joined, then it was 6.30 okay. in yeah, the evening. Like, you never caps. No, no, I didn't have to worry about limits. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you do this, so you moved a wife and how many kids? Two kids. Two kids. Does your wife work? She does. What does she, she do? She works for the Carnegie Museum of Art. Oh. And she oh, is. wait. Okay. Have you seen this? Hold on. <laughs> for, for, okay. the, for the people yeah, on the yeah, television. For the, for the people who are... Um, I'm writing Museum of Art on the board as if it were a hashtag. And what does it say? Come on, don't think about it too bad. Museum of... Art. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, it, that is an option. So, I've never hashtagged it before. <laughs> My wife did. She was looking at the Carnegie Museum of Art on Instagram. Yeah. And so yeah. if you hashtag, it's all one. Oh, no. So for I'll those who want to do this at that. home... <laughs> and that is... So she is the director of marketing and communication. So that is probably in her... Carnegie Museum of Fart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to be immature for a second. Yeah. Um, so. Go on. Yeah, so that's where she works. How old are your kids? They are currently three and five. Okay. 
Yeah, they were young. Yeah, so when we moved, we had a two-month-old and an almost two-year-old Wow. when we moved. So how do you make time, full-time job, wife full-time job, two young kids? Yeah. This is a theme because we had this conversation with Sophie then last month. Yeah. How do you manage to get here almost five days, four yeah. to five days a week, right? That's the goal, if I can. Yeah. It, the schedule's changed. Like, so when we first moved, I did come in the evening. Uh, she was still on maternity leave. So I was, evenings worked out best. Uh, then when she went back to work, evenings weren't possible anymore. So it's always just adjusting. Then I started coming in the mornings. It was 6.15 for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty consistent. Then uh, once the the pandemic hit and schedules got moved around and the gym reopened, then 7.15 seemed to work better. So it's always just finding that time where you can try to get here and not have other things come up. Like the afternoon started to get busy because... I'd get caught in something at work late or I'd get a call I needed to go home so I wasn't able to get here. So I said the only way I can ensure that I get time at the gym is to switch it up and go in the morning, which I hate, by the way. Do you really? I am such an afternoon workout person. Really? And I You're so chipper though at 7.15 in the morning. 7.15, 6.15 is rough. Yeah. Okay. 7.15 gives me at least a little time to wake up before I get here. I'm not always happy, but you know, people start talking to you, you have to be nice, you know. You don't, you don't want to be unpleasant. I think by 7.15, yeah, you kind of have to be nice. Yeah, you can Especially wake up a little bit. Especially if it's the coach that started at 5.15. Yeah. Like, you can't roll in at 7.15 and be like, I'm tired. No, you can't. No. So, it's I, I it, you wake up, though, and you get your get the blood flowing a little bit, and it's fine. But so, what time would you prefer to work out? My optimal work, if I didn't have to work, be like, either like 11 in the morning, like before lunch, so I got my morning in, or like... 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, okay. like right, still full of energy, can get home and still have an evening. Those would probably yeah. be the optimal times, neither of which are possible. So <laughs> I mean, we might be able to fit you in a 3.30 class. Yeah, no, I know there's, there's a 3.30 class. Work. There is yeah. no official, but yeah. that's when I do it. That's, I like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I have a preferred workout time. Mornings are tough just because I feel like anytime, especially if we're trying to hit max lifts or something my body's just not warm yet and anytime i've done any of those things in the afternoon i just always feel so much more prepared to Mm -hmm. to hit the weights hard and just jump right into it in the mornings those first rounds especially if it's an amrap or something like that it's just you're still like seeing if your body's gonna work today like you're just i'm not sure what i'm gonna get as you get started so the afternoons you at least a little more certain you can hit the ground running a lot more quickly yeah i guess that's true i don't know how the middayers do it like the Mm -hmm. 9 a.m's and noons like that to yeah. me just seems so disruptive, but maybe that's just me being yeah. uber controlling and productive all the time that like to take out that time in the middle of the day to go yeah. work out. Just Noon would be hard. I need to eat lunch at that point. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to eat lunch. Um, so I was actually having this conversation yesterday with one of the newbies about saying the, using the excuse of, I don't have time. You know, like, cool. I don't have time for that. Yeah. And really, you have to reframe that to say, it's not that you don't have time, you just don't make it a priority in your life. True. You were just talking about, you get here between a full-time job, a wife with a full-time job, and two young kids, because you've made time for it. Would it be fair to just rephrase that as to say, you've made it a priority? Absolutely. And do you think there's any secret there that you can share with somebody to say, is it literally just... You've got to make this a priority in your life and you have to decide that health and wellness is going to be a priority or do you, do you have anything else that you can add as to how to make something the priority or? I have to say I've found over the course of just working out 
my entire life just from playing sports in high school and college to just trying to go to a gym or do running whenever I, before, before I even knew that CrossFit existed, uh, to then finding CrossFit, I found it became a priority when I really enjoyed the workout that I was doing or what I was doing. So just going to a gym, making a workout plan, which I was always really diligent about just never lasted because I got so bored. I didn't have anyone to work out with. I was just in this gym by myself. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't motivated to do it. So I'd start strong for a couple weeks and it would just fizzle out. Um, running was always consistent just because it was a really efficient way to work out. And I, to the extent that anyone can enjoy running, I guess I enjoyed it. I, I was kind of good at it. So at least like I felt good about it. I felt good after running, after a workout. So it just worked out um, that that I was pretty consistent with that. But once I found CrossFit, I just really hit the, the niche of what I enjoyed. I mean, the class environment, the, the varying types of activities that we do in any particular workout. So the lifting, the cardio, all of it. And because I enjoyed it, I just really craved doing it. And when I and and I've known that too because when I wasn't doing it, like when we moved back in 2018, for those three months in the summer where I wasn't doing it, I felt terrible. I just I felt groggy. I just felt gross because I was still like eating all the same, and I, I'm not as diligent about my diet as I should be. But I was still like, um, I just didn't feel great. And and I knew that it was because I hadn't been working out. I'd try to squeeze a run in here or there, but it just wasn't consistent. And okay. as soon as I got back to the gym, like you just know that you have to keep doing this because you just feel so good after and you enjoy it too. But yeah. it was, it was so much of a feeling and just knowing like I, I enjoy working out. I enjoy how my body feels when I work out and I enjoy doing this particular workout and I enjoy going to the gym so that it just, because I know that I enjoyed it, I make sure that I find, I make it a part of my day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's the tough part. If you don't enjoy it, it's hard to make yourself come here, but sure. From all the people that I've ever seen walk through the door, here especially, because here's probably been the most consistent gym that I've ever been at, just time-wise, I've never seen anyone who came in who really didn't like it. They may have stopped for other reasons, but everyone always seemed to enjoy it. I, I don't know. Yeah. From the people that I've gotten to know in the various classes, and you do get to know people pretty well. No, I find that too, especially when they come in for like intros and they sit down, and if there's any kind of hesitancy about like, I don't really know what this is going to be like, or I don't really know if I'm going to like it. Yeah. And then after like... Week one, it's kind of like, whoa, what is this? Week two, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually like a fun way to work out. Yeah. And I like to promote it as it's ever progressing too. Like we've seen you get bar muscle ups and then yeah. get them again after COVID <laughs> and get everything to come back. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, consistency, it definitely shows progress and you're never... You like to have in your mind that goal of what you want to get to and the, the people in class that you know are sort of at your same fitness level you try to compete with either openly if you guys are friends or just subconsciously just watching them out of your corner of your eye just to keep pushing yourself and that's why the class environment for me really works because I love that competition even if someone sure. doesn't know I'm competing with them <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> I beat you and you don't even know about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, last thing. I'm going to throw you on the spot. Okay. What's one interesting thing about you that people probably don't know? Can you come up with it? I know. I That's wanted- really good. The first thing that popped into my head, and this is so, I don't know why it popped into my head, but when I, in high school, I was the prom king. Oh, <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head, but just because it's homecoming season and I don't know, football, whatever, I, yeah, it just popped yeah. into my head. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't, no one, now everyone knows it, so it's not really. <laughs> Sweet. All right, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks for coming in and sitting down with me. Thanks for the coffee. Absolutely. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Future Athletes of the Month. All right, back to work you go. Guys, thanks for listening. 
We will talk with you again soon, hopefully for another episode talking about some of our regular topics uh, involving the aggregation of marginal gains. But at the very least, we'll talk to you again in November with the next Athlete of the Month. Talk to you later.